0: Welcome to the Franchise Hounds Podcast. I'm Greg Macchia, a certified franchise consultant. Thanks for joining me as I interview franchise industry pros to dissect, explore, and discover franchise ownership. Joining me today is Charlotte Wagner, a brand manager for Houndstown USA, a fully interactive doggy daycare, pet spa, and boarding facility. Founded in 2001 by a former New York Police Department canine unit handler, Houndstown USA has been franchising since 2015. It was recognized with Franchise Dictionary Magazine's Game Changer Award in 2019 and was part of Serves Fantastic 500 in 2020. If you'd like to learn more about potentially owning a Houndstown USA, I'd be happy to help. Please reach out through our website at FranchiseHounds.com. I hope you enjoy my discussion with Charlotte Wagner on Houndstown USA. Charlotte, welcome to Franchise Hounds. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show today and, and to learn more about Houndstown USA. It, uh, it seemed appropriate to, that the first brand we have featured on our show is a, is a fellow hound. So it uh, <laughs> kind of worked. Yeah, <laughs> it worked out well. Uh, maybe to start, can you can you tell me a little bit about the history or background of uh, Houndstown USA?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Houndstown actually started business in 2001. Um, it was founded by Mike Gold, who is a former NYPD K 9 unit handler and commanding officer. Um, and it was actually founded right around the time of 9 11. Um, so, while he was out there, Um, On the front lines, he did realize that many first responders didn't have the necessary pet care that they needed while they're out working extra long hours. Um, This is kind of how the idea originated. Honestly, when he first came up with it, people thought he was crazy that no one would actually pay to have someone babysit their dogs. And since then, this type of thing has popped up everywhere. So you see doggy daycares everywhere now. They're very popular. So I think Mike was kind of a little ahead of his time. I'm also really like to bring up that point just because it is kind of similar to what we're seeing right now with everything going on with COVID-19. We are seeing that a lot of healthcare workers are out working long hours and need pet care for their pets as well. So we're kind of seeing that similar situation that we saw which is why we were able to survive after the events of 9-11 and while, why we are still surviving now after COVID-19.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. My kids have been home from school, obviously, like the rest of the world, but our dog has been, uh, he's a yellow lab and he's definitely been very spoiled with attention. And my wife and I were saying, when, when the world goes back to normal and, and he's <laughs> home alone more, we're probably gonna have to do more, more doggy daycare to, to ease him into being alone again.
1: Definitely. And there, I've seen a bunch of articles about it too, about dogs just needing to work with them through that transition. Because it is hard after having everyone home again, they get used to that. And then just going right back to the way it was, it's its tough. It's tough on them.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how long has, has Houndstown been uh, franchising?
1: So they actually didn't start franchising until 2015. Um, that was just because they originally didn't have that idea in mind. They just wanted to have a couple of locations. And it just kept coming up time and time again that their customers were asking about more locations, um, more locations in different areas. And they decided the best route to go would be to start franchising.
0: And as you mentioned, you know, since um, Hounstown has, has founded, certainly a lot of other brands have joined the, the daycare movement. But I was I was interested in reading about the approach of this fully interactive daycare. Can, can you touch on that, how that's a little bit different?
1: Yeah, so this is one of the things that definitely differentiates us from a lot of the other doggy daycare concepts out there. Um, The number one point is that we are non-discriminatory, so we take fully breeds, we take dogs with disabilities, all different kinds of dogs. Um, And then not only that, but we take a pack mentality approach. So all the dogs are allowed to play in the same play area, we don't separate them based on their breed, based on their size, which a lot of uh, doggy daycare concepts do, we just implement a temperament test at the beginning before we allow any dog in. And as long as they pass that temperament test, which most dogs do, um, then they, they're all allowed to play together and we've never had any issues that way. So that's kind of the idea behind that fully interactive doggy daycare.
0: Yeah. That's neat. I've never owned a bully breed, but I guess that's kind of a term that insurance, uh, came up with and it's typically, um, Pitbull mixes, Rottweilers, Dobermans, those those kind of breeds. And, and I, I guess a fair amount of uh, doggy daycare facilities or overnight facilities don't allow those.
1: Yeah. And that's actually what we've heard from a, a lot of the people that we've spoken to customers and even... New franchise owners coming on is that's one of the things that really intrigued them about the brand because they've had experience not being able to bring their dog to a certain doggy daycare because of either breed discrimination or they have a disability of some sort. But our hometown USA is happy to work with all of those dogs.
0: Yeah, that's neat. One of the sweetest, sweetest dogs I know, and and quite honestly, like human-like dog I know it is a pit bull mix. So I've I've kind of really learned a lot about the breed and opened up to it. Yeah. I had heard an interview with your founder Michael, and uh, he, he had said, "We allow dogs to be dogs, which means we allow dogs to hump, jump, and dump." Uh, <laughs> I uh, I like that quote. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's not going to be in in a marketing piece anytime soon for you guys. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I actually love that too. I haven't heard that. I heard that we allow dogs to be dogs, but I hadn't heard the hound. Yeah, it was it was pretty
0: catchy. You might you might want to consider that. Mike is
1: good at coming up with those catchphrases.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Who is an ideal candidate for Houndstown USA? I mean, is it is it typically a dog owner?
1: Um. Typically, we do have a lot of dog owners and dog lovers in our franchise system, and that's just for obvious reasons. Um, if you're going to own a doggy daycare, it doesn't hurt to love dogs um, and to have that sure. yourself. We actually even have some owners who were previous customers and then ended up becoming owners um, that way. So definitely dog owners, dog lovers, passion for animals, um, in addition to wanting to see the financial rewards of a business, they should be someone who um, wants to feel rewarded and in fulfillment in other, in other areas of their lives as well. Um, we are really big on giving back to the community. We have our own nonprofit organization, Hound Sound Charities, um, where we'll foster dogs who are unwanted for a certain reason. They may might have a misdiagnosed or misunderstood behavior problem. So we will foster them and kind of get them to a point where they're adoptable. So that's one of the many things that we do to give back to the community. They don't need to have dog handling experience or knowledge. These are things that we actually train in the initial training. And Mike has a very specific way of training and handling dogs. So he actually almost prefers that they don't have that knowledge so that he's able to kind of teach them from a clean slate. We do have a lot of people who have been in the military. We do also offer a vet friend discount of 10% off of the initial franchise fee. Um, Mike has a military background as well. So um, he definitely loves bringing on people with that mindset. He just finds that they're really able to follow our procedures. They really are have that strong work ethic that we look for. We have a lot of husband-wife teams as well, or family businesses who maybe the wife is at the location, the husband kind of does some back-end things, and then we can even have one of their kids can work at the location as well. So Those are kind of what we look like or look for. I'm sorry. Definitely business and management background. Um, We do offer both semi-absentee and owner operator models. Um, So we do have both of those options available as well.
0: Oh, that's good to know. My, my nine-year-old daughter would love if I owned one of these. She's, she spends most of her time on pet rescue sites, asking us if, if we can rescue pets.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely great. And those, uh, Kennel attendants don't need really any experience a lot of our kennel attendants are high school or college students who just have a passion for pets and need a part-time job. So really easy to staff as well.
0: Sure. What does training look like for the owner?
1: So our training program, it's Houndstown University. So it takes our owners through 30 hours at a corporate office in Ron New York, which is where our headquarters is. Um, then they have an additional 67 hours at the franchise owner's location Um, So they spend half of that time on dog training and handling. Um, That includes grouping and managing of dogs and pack behaviors. Um, They also learn about the liability issues. And then, of course, the admin responsibilities, employee hiring and training, um, all the facility operations and customer service.
0: Okay. once a facility is opened, you know, a manager is trained. How involved does an owner need to be? Do you kind of offer a semi absentee model or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so we do have owner-operator or semi-absentee, so it kind of depends how they want to be involved in the business. Um, But we do have many owners who have been semi-absentee from day one. Um, So it is a job for people who are looking for semi-absentee opportunities. So, I mean, in terms of what a day looks like, um, if they are owner-operator, they're probably going to be physically present at the store about six to nine hours a day, really be the face of the business, interacting with customers, training employees, taking care of dogs all of the high-level management tasks. And then semi-absentee, really, they only work about two to five hours per week. They will just kind of oversee everything remotely, or they just need to hire a general manager um, to kind of ha- handle all of those other tasks that the owner-operator would handle.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask, typical number of employees required and and, their, and the roles? I mean, I guess it depends on how how involved the owner is.
1: Yeah. So either the a general manager or that can be the owner. Um, we do need to have on site a dog to employee ratio of fifteen to one. So it kind of our staffing kind of depends on how many dogs we have that day. So typically six to eight employees total, three to four working at any given time. Um, so we have a shift leader or manager, and then kennel attendants. Really, that's all we really need.
0: Okay. How large is a, t- is a typical facility?
1: It's about four to 7,000 square feet. So I know that is kind of a wide range, but we do have locations even a little smaller than 4,000 square feet um, and then some even a little more than 7,000 square feet. And we typically look for a big warehouse-style location that we can build out to our specifications. We keep our build-out costs incredibly low. And Mike Gold, our founder, is, is instrumental in helping with that.
0: Yeah, I was I was looking on the website and I like the the kind of you know downtown motif it has It's kind of neat.
1: Yeah, it's fun and we do allow all franchise owners to customize their Houndtown USA to match their location. So each location has a Houndtown Boulevard. So if there's some bar, restaurant, or movie theater, anything like that that stands out to them that they really like about their city, they can include that in their their Helmstown Boulevard. So our customers really enjoy that as well.
0: Oh, that is neat. How many locations are there now?
1: So we have 10 open, have an additional 26 awarded. Wow. So we actually, we just opened two uh, more locations with a soft opening in Smyrna, Tennessee, and then in Sanford, Florida. And we have a few more opening in Atlanta, Georgia and another Nashville, Tennessee and another Florida location opening in the next couple months. We did award quite a few right in the beginning, end of 2019, beginning of 2020. We have been a little backed up in terms of opening all of the new locations just because of everything going on. And then we did award quite a few multi packs. Those are kind of the two main reasons that we have quite a few still in development.
0: Nice, and I'm, I'm, I like that you said awarded and not sold. It, yeah, it shows that you guys are selective in, in who you bring on board, and I think that's important to kind of protect the brand.
1: Definitely, it's all about a partnership. So, I mean, it has to be a mutually beneficial agreement between the new franchise owner and and the Houndtown USA system. That's why we appreciate consultants like you because. It's really all about the matchmaking and just making sure that it's a good pair for both parties.
0: Sure. What makes a, a good territory, and you know, how large are they? And they are they protected, or how are they defined?
1: Yeah. So we do have um, exclusive territories. They're typically about one hundred and fifty thousand households. Um, it does vary slightly, but that's that's on average. Um, We do like to be in industrial or commercial areas, about five to seven minutes off of major roadways. We don't like to be on main streets. We've just found that we're able to keep our overhead costs lower um, by just being a little bit off of main streets. And we've also just found that people don't really have a problem going five to seven minutes off of their typical commute um, to drop off their dog. If they do, we do also offer a pet taxi which will go and pick up the dog and bring it to our location. It is an additional charge, but that's something else that's kind of unique to Helmstown USA.
0: That, that that idea of the pet taxi is is really neat. And it, you know, anytime um we're going on vacation or anything, we we typically board and, you know, I have three kids and you know, the morning we're leaving or the night before is super chaotic, you know, getting organized. So yeah. to have someone come pick up the dog would be huge. So I, I really like that idea
1: people love a taxi.
0: <laughs> Once all the agreements are in, in place and, and someone has joined, what's a typical timeline to open?
1: Um, so typically about six to 12 months after signing an agreement it takes about 90 days from signing a lease to opening a store. Um, but it does vary on how long it takes to find secure and secure a location and other factors like that.
0: I imagine, like you said, secure in real estate is probably the wild card there and
1: yes. permitting
0: in different cities and towns varies.
1: Yeah. And our Mike Gold, our founder, is very involved in that process as well. So he definitely helps a lot when it comes to um, securing uh, location and, and lease negotiation and all of that.
0: So what is a typical investment or what, what should someone be comfortable or able to spend if they are interested in a Houndstown USA? Yes,
1: yeah, so our investment investment range is from about $265,800 to $492,500. We're very proud of our investment range because when you look at it when compared to other doggy daycare concepts, it's definitely on the lower end. Um, some of our main competitors are Dogtopia, Camp Bow Wow. Those ones are going to be upwards of a million dollars plus, and that's mainly attributed to the, the build-out portion.
0: What's a typical buying or discovery process timeline like? What are the steps if if someone you know reaches out and? Is interested in learning more.
1: Yeah, so we have a pretty set um, sales process. Um, Rob Taylor is the Hounstown Development Director, so that's who they would be working with. Um, first, they just would have to fill out a confidential questionnaire, just to make sure that they meet all of our financial requirements, that the location is available, that they sound like a good fit from the beginning. Then Rob will schedule that initial call with them, um, just as an introductory call. Call after that, is an FDD review. So they'll go through all the granular details of our FDD. Next is a support system overview. So just discussing all of the support systems. After that, they would have an executive interview with the corporate team at Houndstown just to get to meet them and, and make sure that they still feel like it's a good fit. Then peer review. So validation that would be talking to different Houndstown USA owners um, just to see what their experience has been like since joining the Houndstown USA system. After that, if we are still feeling like we want to move forward, it would be um, inviting you out to a discovery day at our corporate location in Ronkonkoma, New York. We have done virtual discovery days recently um, just because of, of the issue with traveling and everything going on right now. So that's definitely something that we're open to as well to keep people moving through the process. And then after that, really, if there is still a mutual agreement, that's when we would go ahead and award that franchise.
0: Great. And you touched on the FDD and I, and I believe you guys have an item 19. Can you talk a little bit about average revenue for a location?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me pull the number up really quickly. It's close to 900,000 in terms of average revenues for our stores that have been open five years or longer, which, is our, which we consider our matured locations. The only reason we don't include other locations in there is because there was kind of a gap. So from the stores open five years or longer, then the other ones were, were very, very new. So our average source revenue for those stores was $893,531. So definitely really impressive, especially given the initial investment still being so low. Sales to investment percentage was about 250%. Wow.
0: And besides, I guess, uh, doggy daycare, What are what are other revenue streams?
1: Yeah, so we have five main ones. So we have the doggy daycare um, would be number one and then overnight boarding a close second. So they're about the same. Those are the two main revenue generators. Would just like to touch on while we're on this subject that since oh, reopening, and this is for many of our locations that are in you know New York and New Jersey with everything going on with COVID-19 since getting back to normal, um, all of those locations have doggy daycare back up to 80 to 90% capacity. Wow. And recently this past Fourth of July weekend was the first time we were back up to 100% capacity for our overnight boarding. Um, So that was really exciting to see.
0: Yeah, that's great to hear.
1: Um, And then we also have a small retail section and then we have that pet taxi and we also have a small grooming section, just very basic grooming at each location. So those are the five main. And then we are really flexible. If Franchise owners want to add on a different type of revenue stream that's not one of those five. We've had people offer cat boarding. Um, We've had people offer specialty grooming services, veterinary services. Some people do an expanded retail section. So there's definitely a lot of flexibility there.
0: Oh, that's that's nice to hear that you guys are open to those other ideas, particularly something if something might work regionally, you know, better better in one area than another. Definitely. And and once the location is open, what kind of you know support is provided to a new owner?
1: So in terms of support, we do have the training program that I mentioned previously. Then after that, all of our owners are also assigned a franchise owner buddy. So they are a current franchise owner who will act as a mentor to the new franchise owner and kind of, you know, just explain anything that they've gone through, been able to um, help through their experience. Then in terms of ongoing support, we are incredibly passionate about our franchise owner success. So we're always working to improve operations and incorporate new training techniques and new vendors. Our staff offers substantial on-site support during grand opening for each new franchise location, um, as well as over the following six months. Um, And we all also have ongoing seminars that are held several times each year in person and virtually. Um, So those are some of the different ongoing support offerings that we have. Um, And then in terms of field support, we do conduct quarterly visits to review operations, technology, marketing, offer personalized coaching. Um, We also, for new owners, they can expect to receive frequent visits and supports during the first six months following the opening of their location. Um, marketing support is also huge for us. We, since we have been growing so rapidly recently, we did bring on an in-house marketing manager. So he helps with everything from helping with the SEO to the social media and everything in between. Um, we do have a brand fund of two percent of gross sales paid monthly. That goes into the big national campaigns, um, and then we have a local advertising requirement of twenty eight hundred per month for the first year.
0: Okay, great. I mean, it sounds like you really uh, set new owners up for success.
1: Yes, definitely. We actually it's a location that just recently opened, Smyrna, Tennessee. They had 32 evaluations their first day, and they're doing incredibly well. And it's been nice to see that the locations opening post-COVID are Bring in the same kind of numbers as our locations that opened um, prior to that. So those were the two first two locations that we've opened since all of this happened recently. Um, so it was very exciting for us to see that.
0: Yeah, no, that is great to hear. I mean, it's my wife and I always laugh. You know, we're we're dog owners, but the amount the amount of money you know we spend on our on our dog is <laughs> it's, you know it's mind boggling, but. <laughs>
1: It's a recession-resilient industry. It's similar to children's education. Um, Parents will not hesitate to spend more money on their children. And it's the same thing for dogs, especially when it comes to their well-being and their happiness. We always say-
0: They're part of the family.
1: (laughs) Yeah, especially in the millennial generation. I know that there are more dogs than kids in the Denver area where I am. I just read that statistic recently. So it's definitely going that way.
0: Well, it's fine. I mean, it's funny as we chatted about before we got started. But I'm I'm right up the road in Boulder, Colorado, and and in Boulder, I actually don't even own my dog. I'm just considered his legal guardian. Oh. <laughs> the, the city actually has an ordinance that says I'm not his owner. I'm his legal guardian, so he has some rights.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. I didn't know Only
0: that. in Boulder, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Well, Charlotte, uh, thanks again for joining us today. It's it's been really fun learning more about Houndstown, Houndstown, USA, and I'm I'm impressed with the brand, and I'm I'm excited to watch watch their growth in the future. Uh, I wish we had one in Colorado because I'm I'm sure my guy Boomer would would love it.
1: We need to get one out here soon for sure. Um, definitely. Yeah. I'll
0: Looks see what like- I I'll see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> if a listener would like to learn more, uh, what's the best way? For them to, to do that?
1: Well, first of all, speaking with you, uh, I'm sure you're Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have our Houndstown Franchise website. It's houndstownfranchise.com. We do also keep all of our Facebook and LinkedIn pages up to date. A lot of fun things on there about what's going on with every location. Definitely recommend checking out their Facebook for some cute, funny, interesting things about the brand as well so those would be my my main recommendations they did also um since we're on a podcast they did recently launch a new podcast it's called the dish on dogs podcast um and mike gold the founder hosts it um and that can be found on spotify they also have it on youtube as well um spotify so you can find the dish on dogs podcast
0: great yeah that's actually where I think i I heard his uh, famous quote about oh no. hump jump and dumps yeah <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I listened to an episode, so it was pretty neat a lot of a lot of stuff about uh, dog dog training and and kind of pack mentality and different things it was interesting yeah, great well i'll uh, I'll be sure to include all those links in the show notes. Uh, thanks again for joining us today, Charlotte. appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Franchise Hounds. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode or would like to work with me directly to explore franchise ownership opportunities, please reach out through the form on our website at FranchiseHounds.com.